<laughs> Hi, Ed. How you doing? Good. What are you drinking? Uh, the last of some water so that I could turn the cup over to make a microphone stand. Oh, very good. I'm glad that after 119 episodes, you've you've got your, your tech sorted. Tech is just emerging, changing, adapting constantly <laughs> with, you know, the new the new thing you know trying to keep up trying to stick current sure try to maximize the audio to get the best sound for the people they probably used a upside down cup from mic stand on the uh on the moonshot too they did and i think in uh to get that guitar sound in waterloo sunset <laughs> so i've got all the windows open in my office because um it's been very hot for a number of days Oof. and last night it rained here, so we actually have some cool air. So I, I'm going to let in the let in the cool, but also going to let in the sounds of birds, and perhaps the neighbor's child, and some bird song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe the the guy with no muffler will pull up at some point. Ooh, I hope. Yeah. I hope. I hope so. Bird songs of the Mesozoic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, what was that? That was a thing. That was a song was... and ty- and band name, was it not? I think it was. Uh... It was the Volcano Suns. So the Volcano Suns and Bird Songs of the Mesozoic both were the two splits from the members of the band that did. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, there was a really good band. Um, <laughs> I got uh, a, a, Boston, a Boston band. Mission of Burma. Uh, Mission of Burma. Yeah, I got them on the Wikipedia. Actually, I had, did not realize they were a Boston band, and uh, they might not be. No, they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were a Boston band, as was um, the Liars, a band I had forgotten about. But um, this uh, this past week, I played a kind of impromptu covers gig with some friends. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Mary Lorson, who used to be in the band Matter Rose, and also Saint Lowe. And the Subrettes mm-hmm. and a bunch of other, a bunch of other local bands. But I think I think the the most famous one was her old band, the um, her old band Matter Rose. Anyway, she's a great singer and songwriter. She does this thing. She's been doing it about once a year called Fanzine, and it's where she just gets together whoever's in town, uh, who she knows, who's a musician, and we learn a bunch of covers, and then we do readings from our favorite fanzines. And then we put out a fanzine. Mm-hmm. And we did a couple of songs from the Liars, who were a great um, Boston band with an apparently uh, troubled lead singer with a kind of storied personal history. But there, mm-hmm. we did uh, their song, um, Here's a Heart. And I can't remember the name of the other one. It's like their most famous song. Anyway, great tracks. And uh, I recommend their album On Fire on F-Y-R-E, um, which uh, I have had for 25 years and haven't listened to in the last 20. <laughs> so you did a live show and then a pr- some printed matter. Yeah. Live show plus printed matter. That's good. In the grand, grand tradition of, I don't know, of a, of a book tour. <laughs> <laughs> Fun! Yeah. Well, was, I don't hear any sorry. birds yet. They're I have out my, there. My own, my own window open briefly because uh, to try to get some cool air into the house. Um, it's hot 
here in Portland, it's been hot. Yes. It's going to continue to be hot. And no one has any air conditioning or knows what to do. Uh, Stephanie's parents are on a cruise that was uh, embarking from Seattle. And they were texting us uh, about the heat in the Pacific yeah. Northwest. It's very hot. It hasn't rained for a long time. No? It's very. This is very un, uncommon for a Seattle summer, is it not? Um, this is how it's been for years now. Do you think it's permanent? I don't know. The thing that the last few years have taught me is I cannot tell the future. <laughs> a couple of podcasts ago <laughs> told you that, yeah. And none, no good comes of, of my prognostications. I have to say... My it, auguries um, fall flat. Even though you were mistaken that uh, Trump would be out of office within a month or two, back when you mm-hmm. said that that was going to happen, mm-hmm. all the stuff that you would expect would make him leave office did happen. It, things got worse. Things got worse. Yeah. And then yesterday they became much, much worse. I mean, nothing has changed, but it was... No, no one's, no one's going to do anything about it. <laughs> no, I don't think they are. Uh, no one's going to do anything about it. Isn't that disturbing? I'm very it's, disturbed. It's because they, for a great deal of America, they feel that the enemy are Democrats. Some, yeah. Not Russian. Not, not some foreign power. And that's true. And um, I think we're, we're still uh, moving towards violence in the streets that will also do nothing. But it's an important phase in the historical developments of social change. Are the uh, is the violence in the streets going to consist of um, the educated class versus no, no, the well, salt of the earth? What do you? Here's, here's what here's what happens, and I hope I'm as wrong as I was about Trump's resignation. But okay. The the Mueller and in, in, you know indictment will come. Sure. Um, impeachment, th- you know, will move move forward. All right. Um, he will do something. You know, to, to fire him or Sessions or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, a great number of people will go out into you know the streets and have mass protests mm-hmm, as, mm-hmm. as as has been organized, um, as people have have promised to do and should do. Um, are you still there? Oh yeah, I'm here. Don't worry. Oh, don't you worry. I'm here. And then uh, his NRA thugs and Proud Boys will have a counter reaction that will be violent, right? It will escal- escalate to, uh, uh, you know, s- skirmishes, select skirmishes that will further solidify his power. Select skirmishes. Yeah. All right. Well, I have no hope for the future, and I don't like people. That's what <laughs> we're starting now. Sure. But uh, I haven't talked to you for a while. What's no. That? What else have you been up to aside from um, covering uh, Boston songs? Well, I've been trying to revise uh, Subdivision, uh, a book we have talked about on this podcast before, so I won't belabor that point. But it's been a bit of a challenge. I'm usually pretty good at revising. In fact, I feel like a lot of the better work gets done during revising because I've been given a task, and I like to solve a problem. Um, Right. And uh, when my editor says, oh, look, this section of the book doesn't work, well, why don't you try this? That could that can get me on a 50-page spree 
um, mm-hmm. that results in a new section that really works. Um, this time, though, I feel like because the book doesn't really adhere to some of the basic rules of narrative that I've adhered to before, I could just put anything in there that's kind of aesthetically comfortable. Um, and as a result, there was no kind of obvious path forward for the for the problems. Like, I recognized the problems. Uh, I think my editor was correct. Pardon me, was correct about them. Um, mm-hmm. And I jumped in there in the same way that I usually do. And I have done a full revision, so it's not like I've had writer's block or anything, but I did it with much more trepidation and uh, lack of confidence than usual. So I'm going to wait a week and then uh, dive back in there and read it again and uh, maybe maybe give it to him for another round. The book, we're editing it very early. We have mm-hmm. I, I have almost two years before it comes out, so... Um, I think I'll I'll probably. Oh, it's already uh, already on the calendar. It's on the calendar, yeah, for like sp- spring or summer of 2020, I think. Well, that's that's not too far away. Yeah. No, I mean, if we're alive, then it will be a, it'll be a great time. <laughs> it's for not my too career. far away in the sense that uh, uh, the end of history is yeah. <laughs> is always just over the horizon. Is nigh. You don't say things are nigh when you're looking forward to them. No, no. <laughs> you no. know the famous song, Christmas Day is Nigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good stuff's not never nigh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a never nigh. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so, but the main thing I've been doing, hold on, i got to write something down. Good stuff's never nigh. Um, uh, the main thing, Thing I've been doing with my time is amateur upholstery. Interesting. Yeah. Well, not exactly, but <laughs> I've I taxidermy. I, no. Um, back in the winter, I put new covering, Tolex as it's oh, right. called, on an amplifier. Right. right. And uh, when we moved a couple of months ago, I went into my nesting mode where. You know, we got all our furniture arranged, threw some stuff out, got some new stuff, got the got the place all set up and livable. And I like that state. Um, yeah. So I just kind of kept doing it, <laughs> kind of rearranging my office. Um, and rearranging I, things. I needed an amp. I could have just borrowed one, and I tried mm-hmm. to, but the borrowed one didn't sound good enough. I So I bought a small bass amp to play keyboards through because for this gig that I played last week, I played keyboards and the amp sounds great. And it's, I'm sure I'll get more use out of it, but it was just a, it was a black cube. So of course yeah. I, I ripped off the covering and replaced it with like orange Tolex and blue sparkle Tolex. And then I built another thing like a, like a tray for some other equipment that I also covered with Tolex. And then I bought a gold metal folding chair at a junk shop, or let's actually say an antique shop. It's a pretty nice place, and mm-hmm. uh, for ten bucks, and I remove the dirty floral seat covering, and I put some more sparkle Tolex on that. So basically, my office now is just coated with vinyl. Yeah, but I'm I'm come to the point where I've I've run out of things to cover with substances, and I'm going to have to actually have you run out of things play music. Or, really? <laughs> well, who who knows? <laughs> There's who lots knows of things. Ahead. 
I just have to expand the the roster of things that I'm willing to cover with stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good hobby. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, um, buy some specific tools for it? No, I just used what was around. the The chair was the only piece of actual furniture, and it was extremely easy. It was just a piece of fabric that had been stapled over a stapled over a cushion. Um, and no, uh, upholstery, upholstery nails. No, nothing like that. I just use a. I just use the the same uh, uh, staple gun that I might use to post a sign about a lost cat or a rock and roll uh, show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or an ironic uh, representation of those things. Right, yeah. Hello, is it me you're looking for? Desperately seeking real leadership. <laughs> Pull tab. Like call, call the White House. <laughs> I don't like that voice, and I want to hear more of it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take to the streets, America. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to, I don't mean to mock my compatriots and... Um, in in political tautology, <laughs> I just I, I you know you know the internet. I know the internet less and less. People say a lot of unhelpful, obvious things that are mostly to soothe themselves and their friends, and I and I am sympathetic to that. And I, but oh goodness me, can we just all qu- cry quietly in our corners? Been trying. <laughs> fun fun stuff keeps coming up. Well, you you've had an extraordinarily eventful um month or so since our last our last conversation. I've had, I've had an adventuresome month. I would love to hear about that and I think that our our listeners would as well. Well, I always look forward to having uh, the going down to Idlewild every summer where yeah. we do conduct Writers Week. Sure. As we did this year. Um, I like to hop in my car and take a couple of days and drive down there, down uh, through Southern Oregon, the Central Valley, Redding, Sacramento, through the grapevine into Los Angeles, spend a little bit of time with my friend Cooper there, and then go up the hill. Is Cooper the uh, pa- the painter? Don't think he does painting. Who's the Who's the guy who did the, the did those big abstracts that are also kind of city urban street scenes? You got it. Uh, Clayton. Clayton. That's right. Clayton. Yeah, he lives down in uh, Birmingham. He's a good painter. Right. He's a very good painter. Um, uh, but this time I got as far as Ashland, Oregon, or just a little bit beyond, and my Toyota Highlander uh, died. Yeah. As I was in heavy mountain downhill traffic at 80 miles an hour, the timing belts just went. Uh, engine was shredded. I couldn't steer. I could hardly brake, and just about went off a cliff. Damn, son, that's rough. But then I didn't. Yeah, wait. You and almost got over wait, to wait, the shoulder. Wait. You actually almost went off a cliff. How did you? I was avoid on the, that? the car died. I was eighty miles an hour going downhill, um, interstate, um, like you know, seven percent grade, you know, seven percent grade downhill. You know, with all the warning signs and the warning tracks. Yeah. And I was on the in the left lane when there's just this big thunk, and then all the warning lights went on, and I couldn't could barely steer or brake or do anything, Jesus. and um, and there was a, a turn, and so it was actually kind of accelerating, and I couldn't get over, and there was no shoulder to speak of, 
and um, but uh, gradually I made it over to the to where there was a shoulder and uh, I was about 30 miles away from any town um, but uh, cell service worked so I got a arranged a tow and had to sit there for a couple hours luckily I brought my banjo and so oh. I sat <laughs> by the side of the road and played some banjo and felt better about it, and then got a tow in back into um, back into Ashland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. So was the I was, I was with I was within sight of the California line. I'd almost made it to California and had to be towed <laughs> back north to Ashland uh, to a of uh, a funky um, mechanics place <laughs> that I ended up spending two days at essentially um, while they worked on the car and, and ultimately decided that it was. Uh, it would cost eight to ten thousand dollars to uh, repair it, and the car is only worth about that. So, yeah, goodbye. Sending it, to, sending it to the junkyard, but this mechanics place, Valley View Auto, um, which was full of cars that had not made made it over the pass. Ashland is right before the <laughs> highest pass on the I five, the Siskiyou Pass, and uh, so there was two sort of the it was gas station mechanic. Right by the highway, very busy place. Sure. Um, sort of, there's the the gas station and a couple of bays inside, but then two big open air bays. They're just sort of covered from the sun, off on either side, and probably ten guys working at any time. And then people coming and going for gas, and people waiting for their cars. You know, RVs that aren't working, and people living in the RVs around the gas station. Uh-huh. With their little, little dogs running around, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, going to the vending machine. It's kind of a party atmosphere. Yeah. And these guys were, um, they were kind of rough guys, rough looking guys. But it's Ashland, which is one of the crunchier towns in the country. And so, so they were, um, uh, I don't know, it, couldn't, it was impossible to really figure out what their story was. But they seemed, they, they had a, a leader, you know, kind of the guy running the place, mm-hmm. a big guy who just kind of sat on a stool and kind of observed everything. And, and there were several layers. Nobody got to talk to him. You know, there's like one guy who talked to him, and like the other mechanics talked to that guy, and you know, <laughs> you, you might have to talk to another guy to talk to that guy. You know, it was this sort of weirdly efficient um, chaos, and it seemed a little bit like uh, um, you know how the the Mongols' uh, terrible force, you know, uh, uh, sacking towns. You know, violent. Uh, one of the most violent forces. Sure. You know. Sure. You're painting me history. a word picture here. I think I got it. And then uh, at some point, I don't know, 15th, 16th century, they got, uh, you know, they got kind of Buddhist, and they kind of, you know, just kind of went small and and kind of became one of the most peaceful countries on earth. You know, you went from the Mongols to Mongolia. Mm-hmm. You know, from from, uh, and I had, this, I had a sense that this gas station, this is certainly not true, but it seemed like it was like uh, the guys from some rough um, West Coast motorcycle gang mm-hmm. who had decided to put away the motorcycles and never speak of motorcycles again. <laughs> and instead to, to, um, to try to just uh, uh, fix, th- fix and repair things for people. Sure. Uh, on the side of a mountain, and, uh, and they, you, they had—they they seemed to have some mission of purpose that was more than just, um, 
you know, the, 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 the slight markup in compensation for auto parts and labor. I, I feel like uh, there's something special about that clientele of the people who want to make it over the pass and into the valley. Yeah. Yeah. I assume that it's called Valley View because you can see the valley that you would like to have valley. continued into from it. Yeah, yeah, right. It's an apt name. So yeah. it's those who have those who have who got a little ambitious with their old cars and uh, and failed. Right, so or what, were surprised by their relatively new car. So what did you and then? Like, what did you then? How did you then get to Idlewild? What vehicle got you there? And Piloted by whom? Well, I spent a few days in Ashland. I went uh, went and saw Henry V because Ashland is also the, the home of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, which has been going on since you know almost a hundred years. Hey. Saw a nice production of Henry V, um, and then stayed in a series of hotels. And then eventually, uh, Jill and Oscar came down in a very small Volvo um, and uh, picked me up, and we drove the rest of the way down to Idlewild. I was going to pick them up at the airport down there, right? But uh, they just had to wait. So instead of so, it took me four days to get down there, and uh, and we made a road trip out of it. And Oscar Great. got to swim in some hotel pools. And... Well, I'm glad that you built some. Uh, glad you built some downtime in, in, into your uh, into uh, your I was journey. Yeah. Um, you probably would have just bought an expensive plane ticket and hitched a ride up the hill to. Idle wild, but that wouldn't have been any fun. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I didn't really have a plan. Yeah. So then we had uh, Writers Week. Yeah, which was t- tumultuous and pleasant. Um, as always, it fell apart on the last day. <laughs> uh, administratively, and so I drove home in a funk. So Jill and Oscar flew flew back. We stayed for a night at the Mission Inn in Riverside, which is this rambling old hotel. Yeah. An enormous old hotel. Where um, in where we like to stay in in Riverside, California. And because it's in Riverside, it's uh, it's not very expensive. Right. I'm uh, uh, I'm I'm at its uh, at its website. What mm-hmm. a what a what a pretty hotel. It is pretty, and it's got lots of strange corners. Um, it's like a place from a dream. It has has the architecture of a dream. Sure. Place. I like the that. Large spaces, small spaces, um, unexpected. Uh, well, it's, it's like a, it's like the um, the Martin Dressler hotels, okay. the Stephen okay. Milhauser novel. Sure, it was called Martin Dressler. That was the novel. I think right? so. Yeah, it was the hotel hotelier. One of my favorite books. I haven't read I think, that. I think since I like the Mission Men because I, I like yeah. that novel. <laughs> it's a literalization of that novel. Um. And then I then I drove back and kind of zipped back up the valley pretty quickly with the family. No, no, by myself. Yeah, in a, in a little Volvo sedan that, which the as soon as uh, we got down, they, they picked me up. And Jill drives his car all the time. She doesn't take care of her car very well, so we realized that two of the tires were essentially bald and were not ready for the highway. And on uh, the electrical system started to go. Yeah, so I couldn't unlock the uh, anything on the passenger side wasn't working. Window car locks. Uh, things started to deteriorate, but uh, made it back, and now we're now we're uh, tooling around Portland in a uh, 2007 Honda Odyssey minivan. Oh, those are uh, those are very fine, uh, very fine minivans. I'm told. 
It's a it's a year older than the car that died. <laughs> but it was also very cheap. Good. Or relatively cheap. Good. Well, yeah. I I uh I'm all for renting a car for a road trip for that very I reason. I do. Yeah. I just don't I just don't trust my own car anymore. Even well now I'm leasing a car so I I'm not allowed to drive very far in it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'll eat up all the miles that I'm being allotted um, yeah. for the three years that I've got it. So I'm trying to keep it to a thousand miles a month, but it's a little bit of a challenge because I keep going. You know, we keep going to the city. We'll go to the go visit family. Gonna tomorrow, we're gonna bring Toby to uh, Stony Brook to uh, oh, or, nice. to orient himself for college. Mm-hmm. Orient and stay, or orientation and then home for a uh, bit, and then back. Orientation and home, which I've found a little odd, since New York is a very big state. Even if even if you assume that most of your students are are going to be in-state students, a lot of them are going to. That's like a ten-hour drive from the from the west, from like Buffalo. Yeah, uh, for us, it's going to be about five and a half. I think. Is it that long? Yeah, and it's not. Yeah, it's it's out on Long Island. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So how does it, how does a how does something administratively collapse on its last day? Oh, we've had too many people, not clear enough expectations for them. <laughs> so do you mean like getting everyone out of town, or what they're supposed to do, or? Oh no, the, the, whole, the whole the week went well. The week went well. Yeah, there was just some ridiculous shit that went down, but that <laughs> happens. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it if. Yeah, it was it was kind of bad. All right, we can save that for the we can save that yeah, for. But the, I've already I've already put it in a little bottle. <laughs> okay. And that bottle is it's 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 tightly wadded and corked, and it's in the box that is latched. Um, deep deep in my uh, deep deep in my mind. Now, of course, it leaks. Yeah, and so all the toxic substances leak, but. Sure. Generally, just enough to to slightly poison things around them, not like a full catastrophic. Uh, I think I think poison. a lot of us have been living for some time now, harboring a cracked bottle of deadly poison that is leaking a little bit every day. So I think I think uh, everyone who hears this will sympathize sympathize with your plight. So before. Um, before you even went to Ottawa, you were uh, out in Kansas. Oh my goodness, I was. Yeah, uh, <laughs> remember that? Yeah, we went to Kansas for ten days, a couple of lifetimes ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the. It was on the the shuttle from the airport to the uh, from to the car rental place that I realized that. Uh, it was one of the places where I felt most hopeless about the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There were, um, and maybe it was just a you know incorrect sampling, but there were, there were just some uh, some guys on there with you know provocative T-shirts and mean looks on their faces, kind of looking around. Just seemed to be looking around for just for trouble that they might be able to start. You sure. Know? Be some black person using a coupon that they could call nine eleven, <laughs> you know, nine one one on. Yeah. You know, um, so so uh, Ithaca is, I guess, like most towns in the summer, Ithaca is completely under construction right now. So, if you want to go from one 
Luckily, living downtown, I get to walk most places now, which is great. But when I want to go pick up one of my kids or go to the supermarket, there's always going to be streets that are closed or that are down to one lane. And as a result, you're sitting in the heat, in traffic a lot, often Mm -hmm. behind someone with an offensive bumper sticker. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other day, I'm really fixated on the stupidity of this. Do you know? Do you know the the bumper sticker, all and T shirt and slogan? These colors don't run. Yeah. So it's usually yeah. a picture of the American flag, and it's saying right. that Americans are not cowards; they don't run away from danger. And also, it's not usually. A, it should be a picture of like uh, I'm sure that somebody's already done this. It's like Betty Davis, you know, with lots of makeup on <laughs> or something. Or how about a how about a drag queen, or or like ribbon gymnastics? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's a pun, right? It's the mm-hmm. the uh, the colors of the flag itself, right? Because God knows our American flags are not made cheaply overseas with uh, dyes that will that will disappear through one laundering. No, that, they're made. They're made by Jesus be. with his tears. <laughs> <laughs> Which are color fast. They're color fast. Jesus' <laughs> tears are color fast. <laughs> and um, uh, so, the, but the bumper sticker on the pickup truck in front of me said it had a the background of the sticker was the American flag, and the slogan was, "These colors don't kneel." But that doesn't. I know. Oh. oh, oh! Thank you, thank you. They don't kneel because they're they're okay with with injustice. <laughs> the politics of it are terrible. The mm-hmm. the it the it ever just it just makes no sense. It makes no sense, and it's yeah. offensive and bad and dumb. I I, I hate I hate those. <laughs> sorts of bumper stickers i think what i hate most are bumper stickers that are that are you know affiliated with ideas that i agree with but are poorly (laughs) poorly made yeah like like especially living living in montana you would often see bumper stickers from the other side on on logging issues sure and environmental issues that are had repugnant politics but were hilarious you know like uh they were effective you know spotted owl jokes (laughs) Sure. I was just like, ate, ate a spotted owl after I had my, my koala bear. Sorry. I would put that on my new minivan. Yeah. I ate a spotted owl after I ate a koala bear. <laughs> it sounds you like know? something Oscar would go. Yeah, let God sort out sort, sort out the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Reader and writer are always co-creators of meaning. Um, all writing acts are ultimately collaborative. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know? That's I, I <laughs> so just put some gibberish on a bumper sticker. It sounds like a bumper sticker. Know, it's an Ars Poetica. Yeah, things politics. Things you agree with that are poorly worded um, are are awful. And here's I. It took. I've been googling. I finally found this. There's a um, a colleague of mine on my hallway at work. There's there is back when. Um, Back before the Supreme Court decided that banning Muslims from entering the country was uh, just fine, yeah, uh, there was some controversy about what might happen to our foreign students. 
uh, who are here on student visas and might get kicked out of the country. And um, uh, a lot of posters went up supporting these kids. Um, of course, we do all support them. But a poster started going up that says, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm an unafraid educator with and for undocumented students. I'm an just, un- just all the negatives. Unafraid, undocumented. I mean, I guess well, they're all, but the thing that trying bugs to play up a pun between un- with and for. So I'm an unafraid educator with documented students who are also so that means they're also unafraid educators. So the students and we are both unafraid educators. And I'm an educator for undocumented students. But what, how is that? You're for them, but you're also there's with lot, them. There's so much wrong with that. It's just not. And there's so much right <laughs> with it. With, with the sentiment, right? But yeah. when it came down to it, I was like, you know what? I am, I'm literally an English professor. I can't put that sentence on my, on my office yeah. door. Yeah, you could improve upon it. <laughs> I should go just go around with a sharpie and pedantically correct the the grammar of this noble sentiment. My student, some of that, some of it's putting that them first, right? So my students are undocumented, and I am unafraid to educate them. <laughs> but it already because they're students, it sort of already it already implies student teacher, right? Uh, you know. Um, Wow. It's 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 sort of like the un, also I don't like unafraid at all there because it's sort of like those ally um those like they're afraid ri- of grammar. <laughs> it's I mean, sort of it's sort of like the it's ra- one of the most the, it's the, written by a terrified person. <laughs> it's just a lie. It's a lie that they're unafraid. Because <laughs> yeah. if they were un, if they were really unafraid they would they would state their political sentiment. Um, and resolve uh, clearly in such a way that would express it and to anyone who might suit. So, so the ICE agent shows up and sees that on your door and says, whoa, I better stay away from here. Yeah. This educator is unafraid. <laughs> I um, just feel like I, 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 would, I, would, I, would know, I would know that somebody who would, who would, who, who would write that sentence is, is likely to uh, run away from the, the, the slightest – uh, gesture of intimidation. Well, I would not feel the grammar police certainly as the, as the, the student of someone <laughs> with that. I would not feel like that person really had my back, um, because they, yeah, yeah. I likened I likened it to the uh, to the rainbow ally button that ostensibly is in support of you know. Uh, gay and lesbian students and transgender students and so on, but really is basically saying I'm not gay. Right, because right. You, what you yeah. should do is just sort of be good to <laughs> yeah. those people, and yeah. then you are an ally. But when you have a button that specifically says ally, that means like they're okay with me, but don't think for a moment that I am gay because I'm not gay. Right, right. Anyway, you don't have to say you're unafraid. Just put up a poster that says, I support our undocumented students. Also, we already know you're an educator because we are literally on a college yeah. campus. Yeah, well, sometimes it's hard to tell who's who on a college campus. The days yeah. when I was mistaken for anything other than a than a professor are over. What sort of tour you are? <laughs> There's this poet, uh, Reginald uh, uh, Dwayne Betts, fantastic poet. Yeah, um, who was uh, had a drink with him, and he said he's, he also went to Yale Law School. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he was graduated by now, and he was a felon. He went to jail. He went to prison. 
uh, for, I think it was an armed robbery when he was 17 or 18 and spent six or seven years in prison. It was a carjacking, uh, according to his bio here. A carjacking yeah. before going to, um, uh, before, you know, then it got out and went, went to college, uh, um, and, uh, you know, wrote, uh, written two excellent books of poems and, and a memoir. Uh, but then he went to Yale Law School and he said that on his, uh, um, uh, what he wanted to do on his last day at school was go up to, uh, you know, his professors and ask them if they had the keys to unlock, you know, an office or something. <laughs> because so often he, as a black student walking around Yale, had been asked if he had the keys. To, to this classroom or that classroom. Oh. You know, not always clear who's who on campus. Right, right. Assumptions about what sort of tour you are. Uh, educator. Yale, Yale is Don't where... I, I never, liked, never, liked Yale, I never liked educator as a no. term, as a word either. Because it's, uh, why not teacher? Yeah, I, 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 I like teacher. Yeah, teacher. That's and an I activity. F- I feel like professor is... It, is like uh, hierarchy signaling, you know, because exclusively, it's, it's exclusively hierarchy signaling. Yeah, so I think, yeah. but it's I think no, it serves no other purpose than to signify where one stands, what rank one has earned through very, very hard work for remaining very quiet when insane very people very <laughs> speak loudly. Uh, being un- uh, for for being unafraid <laughs> so frequently. <laughs> Being unafraid to shut up in meetings. <laughs> you know the the song, the Captain of the Pinafore from the HMS Pinafore. I am the Captain of the Pinafore. No, tell me about it. No, it's, it's not. It's not the Captain of the Pinafore. Anyway, it's one of the one of the Pinafore songs. Yeah. Um, basically about uh, uh, attaining rank through, um, uh, uh, you know, like uh, quavering and running away. Sure. Sure, yeah. it's a, like how, how, how you can rise through an organization through um, through acquiescence. How to succeed in business at sea? That's right. Very good. Um, so you you sent me you preemptively sent me a couple of um, web links and I clicked them and those uh, my oh oh well, last night uh, yeah and yeah. Uh, one of them is just a. Um, a, pa- a page of wonderfully named birds, and the yeah. other one is a series of photos of a man awkwardly gripping a heron as though it's a it, as though it's a um a, a, a puppet. <laughs> he's tr- a puppet that he's trying no to puppet. find the no opening. Pu- he's trying no. to find the opening of this heron and no has pu- not yet realized that it's not a puppet. That it's actually a live bird. <laughs> <laughs> To their mutual surprise. Their mutual surprise. Like, guys, I've been working on this for 15 goddamn minutes, and I cannot find the hole. And meanwhile, Aaron's like, fucking let go of me! The the, the heron has has, has acquired human speech to more effectively tell the person to stop. You know, trying to put its hand inside of it, but that has just convinced the person more and more that it's a puppet. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and that he has amazing ventriloquist powers, <laughs> and he's created a whole dramatic situation. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so I, I take yeah. it, I take it, you sent me the list of birds because of because of their names. And um, do you? These do you, birds are all. Those birds are also available for adoption. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! From they're, a pigeon rescue, the really national adorable birds. pigeon rescue um, organization. Yeah. That's if you feel like you need to rescue a pigeon, <laughs> and you feel like you need to go to the authority. <laughs> Or have some sort of system for it instead of just walking out your door and rescuing some beleaguered pigeon so, on the street. Uh, there's a up the street from us there is a lady who is fond of feeding birds. And yep. as a result, she has attracted two species of bird. Uh one is ducks. And there's a the creek that runs through our neighborhood, um, Cascadilla Creek, uh, is home to a lot of ducks. So um, but they congregate around this one house because they know they're going to get fed there. And also pigeons, another species of urban bird here in town, uh, have also figured this out. And they are hanging around all the time. And this woman has become very concerned about the safety of the birds and also does not want to be annoyed by honking car horns. So she has posted big hand-markered signs telling people how to treat different types of bird obstruction. So basically, and the rule is um, honk for pigeons, roll slow for ducks. That's a good slogan. Isn't it? That's a good slogan. And uh, yesterday I realized it would make a really good, you know, kind of like raunchy country song, raunchy novelty country song, sort of like, sort of like, um, uh, sort of, sort of like honky tonk, but donk a donk, or uh, mm-hmm. save a save a horse, ride a cowboy, right? Kind of right. right. lots of yeah. electric guitar licks and little uh, snarky asides and whistlings and stuff, and it would be sung as though this is a sexual innuendo, right? It would be sung yeah. sung as can't though, quite parse it out, but honk for sing it roll for it would, roll yeah. for ducks, roll slow for ducks, honk for pigeons. It's supposed you know yeah. it'd be it would be treated as though it's some kind of sexual secret but it's really just it's really just a a narrative from the point of view of this of this concerned uh bird lover yeah you could probably just sub it in for um save a horse ride a cowboy and just use the the lyrics for the rest of the song (laughs) just the the lyrics for save a horse ride a cowboy um and then just say honk for pigeons roll slow for ducks yeah (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so the so I so one can adopt these pigeons. You could. We're looking into pigeons. I'm I'm interested in um uh messenger pigeons, homing pigeons. Sure. Oh. And getting a, a network of friends to have them, partly for self-preservation and the oncoming um uh, uh blood frenzy. <laughs> sure. Um but also just just general pigeon fancying. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually, I saw some, I saw the headline and the lead for some article that I didn't continue reading this morning. And it was basically saying that because social media has become so corporatized and algorithmized and mm-hmm. um, uh, creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. There's been an increase in uh, email newsletters and um like bulletin boards there's been a resurgence mm-hmm. of these things and i suddenly thought 
I, I, maybe we should start, maybe we should start a, like a, a, a private bulletin board for all the people you would, all the, all the, all the literary types you would love to be in communication with on the internet, except the internet is terrible on that is on social media. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I need to be in communication with anybody. I, uh, <laughs> um, I'm now off all social media. Even Instagram? I, I, I deleted Instagram this week. No, I liked your Instagram. I was good at Instagram. I enjoyed it, but I, I was enjoying it less and less. And yeah. all of my irritations and fears and angers from Facebook and Twitter were just, it was just being duplicated. Sure. It doesn't, I don't think it matters the specific media, the specifics of the social media um, so even program format. I think it's it's the nature of social media is childish and unnecessary. Okay. So, uh, and is okay. un, uh, unnecessary. Well, I, I, you're good at it. You have like I can look at them, but um, but I think it's um, I think it's really awful. I don't have any great um, op-ed piece to write about it. I just think it's it's awful. It was awful for me. I think it was awful for everyone I know and awful for. Uh, um, for uh, the world, but if I could get a network of friends with homing pigeons, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, shuttle the pigeons around, and always have <laughs> be able to to send a note, sure. you know, that is un um, uh, unsurveillable. Um, one of my uh, one of my favorite things about this list of adoptable pigeons uh is that they come in they they a lot of them come in couples if you get yeah. one if you get if you want cadence you also have to have borealis you know if yeah. you if you want spook you're going to need morning bell because yeah. they belong together pierre and lucia coconut for life. coconut yeah. and shirley yeah are a couple well, this is part of part of how you you convince the the homing pigeon to return home. Yeah. It's, it doesn't. It's, it it does not know that it's carrying a message or um, in a race. It just wants to get home to its. <laughs> it just wants the likes. People. It wants the clicks. And so you can make you can make a uh, part of part of uh, of if you're racing pigeons um, is to try to make it uh, feel like it needs to get home quickly. Like uh, you have like it's it's, it's in a devoted couple. And then you introduce another. Some strangers to the to the to the loft. Oh, sure. You know, it's a competition, and so they will really zip, try to zip back. Yeah, tell ASAP. it that tell it that it left the oven on. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just so whisper. It has, it, has a, it has a package from Amazon that's on the stoop, and somebody <laughs> might steal right. it. <laughs> a lot of those birds are prime members. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Spencer yeah. and her her enamorada. Con- so uh, just Kanye let me know Nest. which ones. Let me know which ones you're going to get, and I'll um, I'll, I'll make the arrangements. <laughs> um, we started a little bit late. I need to move on with my day. I'm, I'm I need to get Oscar to soccer camp. Oh sure. I'm also, I'm also uh, uh, me and my father-in-law are building a shed. Oh, very nice. Wait, on your property or his? On our property. And we'll be framing up the shed today. So I have to say, so I, 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 I have seen your in-law's shed. 
and have rarely been more impressed by the structural integrity, the tidiness, the clarity yeah. of a shed. It's a beautiful shed. It's a beautiful shed. This shed will also be beautiful. I am I am I think that's an excellent reason to yeah. to quit early. Yeah. All right, Eddie. Well, I'm glad we had this time together. <laughs> me too. I'm sorry that uh, I'm sorry that updating software delayed us by 15 minutes. That was very unprofessional of me. It's it's unprofessional of Skype. But at least at least my office is is yeah. expertly uh, upholstered. It is. It is. And I have. Uh, I'm going to now return my water cup to its original purpose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and put the old mic back on its mic. And that's my call. Which is to until next time, John. <laughs> Au revoir. All right, Eddie. Talk to you soon. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well, then come to lunch. Cause it's time. Box with Ed and John. That's right, it's time for love.